Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today is the sultry voiced man to my left, Christian Saez. What's up? I'm good. I I, uh, I haven't taken my cough drops yet today, so the voice might be a little dry, but uh, hopefully it'll warm up by the end of the, the end of the show. Do you know that's the, that's a the thing with me that I'm I'm a big throat lozenge guy. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten people hooked on it. It's it's great. I, it's funny every time like I'll tell someone for the first time like you know you got to mm-hmm. do all these vocal warm ups before you get into a broadcast, and people look at me like. Well, that's a dumb, you warm your voice up. Like that sounds stupid. And I'm like, no, it's, I, if you've ever called a game three hours of speaking nonstop, it's more of the afterwards that kind of sucks. You start to lose your voice and uh, it gets a little, a little rough. Well, you know more than anyone that you need unique New York. Yes. You know, you need unique New York. Yes. Easy absolutely. Easy for me to say. And there you go. <laughs> right. Shohei Otani, where is he going to end up? We're going to talk about it today. I don't know if we'll be able to crack that code just a little bit. Uh, he did say he was going to, his camp said that perhaps he was going to sign before the winter meetings. That's coming up next week. We'll kind of highlight some of those things, talk about the Hall of Fame ballot, and look at a couple new uniforms and logos in yeah. baseball. It's, it's the offseason. It's that time. It's all you got in the offseason. I know. Players moving and uniforms changing. logo is kind of what it's called okay. in the industry. Yes, okay. this, I'll this take is it. the month that everyone kind of releases those those new logos uh, for minor league baseball and, and some for the big leagues too. How creative do you think they're going to get? I mean, you look at the NBA, they, you know, with all these, this in season tournament and how oh. they've changed the whole, you know, mm-hmm. courts and everything, some good, some terrible. Um, I mean, how creative do you think major league baseball can get with these? Well, the city connects are obviously where, where they're, they're trying to, yeah. to dabble in that world. They're not really doing anything with the ballparks themselves, yeah. but I mean, Hey, look, you could spray paint some grass to, to have some logos and stuff on there. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and have some fun. I, I know. And you it's could. just, I think it adds a little element to the game that just kind of keeps people interested. Cause like, you know, I use this example of the in-season tournament, like this is meaningless basketball right now. It's kind of just like sure. middle of the season or early middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it gives people a reason to like pay more attention. So I think if baseball does that, especially a long sport like baseball, it could be fun. It can be, a, it can be a good time. Yeah. Minor league baseball, they, yeah. They, yeah, they've got it figured out where it's like, you're almost wearing a different Jersey yeah. every single day. Is it Harry Potter? Is it Star Wars? We got some unique ones here uh, in just a second. But uh, over the weekend, I I noticed a a little news story coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee, about Todd Helton being back on campus uh, at his good old uh, University of Tennessee, breaking ground uh, on some renovations that they're doing at the Lindsey Nelson Stadium there at the University uh, of Tennessee, right on the corner of Pat Summit Street and Todd Helton Drive. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I've always thought it'd be pretty unique to have a street named off of you. We had um, Edgar Martinez Drive in Seattle next to the old Safeco, now T-Mobile Field. And I remember that. But yeah, that that's pretty cool. That's one of those things where you go, ah, oh, man, the, the Rockies could do that. They've got yeah, a couple 
you know, nondescript streets. I mean, Wazi, do you want to change that to Walker, you know, <laughs> right. street? Like after the first Hall of Famer, you can get creative. You can do those kind of things. I think at this point, you know, winning games probably needs to be a prerequisite to, to doing those things. I think, you know, when you, <laughs> when you want the local government to start really getting behind these changes, um, right. you know, you need to be drawing drawing in the, the fans as well. Although the Rockies seem to, you know, struggle or not, they seem to bring in fans no matter what, so... No maybe what. that maybe that could be a change coming in the near future. Who knows? It really could be. Yeah, it's $39 million project there at the University of Tennessee. That's going to increase the, the seating from like 4,300 to, to over 6,000, over 1,600 standing room only. Um, they they want to make it a, a, a dangerous place for opposing teams yeah. to go in and, and really give them a, a big home field advantage. I got to ask you from uh, a guy who's not from originally from Colorado, how disappointing was it? To find out that there is little to no Division One baseball in this state. CU, no baseball team. Nothing. CSU, no Division One baseball team. I, I looked at it ah. from, from two points of view. From a fan, yes, of course. Super bummed out. But also as a broadcaster who would love to call some baseball in the summer and doesn't there like I was talking to my agent about that and I'm like, there besides the Rockies, like there aren't a lot of other opportunities to call baseball you've got high school you've got some smaller colleges but you're mm -hmm. right like there isn't a large d1 presence of college baseball in the at least metro area of colorado and and, and beyond and so yeah it's i i don't know and, and it's it's something i'm kind of used to as well though because i mean i you know went to gonzaga and like we didn't have a football team so you know obviously we have really good basketball team mm -hmm. with gonzaga but we never had a football team so like there was always that like in the fall you're kind of like okay it's football season. Everyone else is enjoying their football teams. <laughs> like I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs till basketball season. So, you know, I mean, CU, CU and CSU are better at other things, but Colorado's a great baseball state. That's the other thing that's kind of disappointing. I mean, Air Force is is doing the D1 thing, University yeah. of Northern Colorado. Uh, but yeah, that was so disappointing when I when I first moved to Colorado. I was living in Boulder, and I go, oh man, like UCLA is coming down. I think that was the year that both Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer yeah. were pitching for the Bruins, and I'm like. Oh my God, I'm going to spend an entire week on campus. <laughs> you you thought, know, yes. I can walk <laughs> yeah. there. I, this is going to be great. When do they come through? Oh, they haven't had a team since like 1980. Yeah. Man, that was a bummer. And no minor leagues either. You you, you at least had the Spokane Indians. Yeah. yeah. But and Colorado feels like, I mean, you look at how much of an enjoyment people get from just going to Coors Field beyond yeah. the actual games themselves. And, you know, you still get sellout crowds on a random, you know, Thursday game in the middle of July. And I, I could translate that into minor leagues. I think, isn't there like a, like, a, I don't know, like, a, is it like a really low A minor league team in somewhere in this area? Well, it's independent baseball Independent, now. So okay. So that's what be, I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. The Pioneer League used to be, you know, short season A ball. So it was basically guys who just got drafted or players were in the complex league. Where um, is that? I, but. It, it it got booted out from okay. underneath. So there's so there no affiliated there's teams. nothing here. So there's professional baseball. Yeah. If you get paid fifty seven dollars a week, which is how much these guys are getting paid in independent sure. ball, just to just to stay alive, just basically, to, just to eat. If if that, if yes, that. <laughs> just to continue to apply your trade, and yeah. maybe you'll get scooped up into the minor league system. But yeah. no, yeah, you're 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 a professional, but it's it's independent, and so you're not affiliated with any major league team. Yeah. So it's it's not the minors in that that true sense, un well, unfortunately. And you look going back to college, I mean, you look at like even some of the smaller schools like uh, Colorado Mesa, you know, I mean, a product a of Sergio school. Romo uh, yes. back in the day. And, you know, uh -huh. so it's like there is that history. But yeah, CU and CSU just, I don't, I don't know what the 
cause of that is? If it, is it a funding issue? It I, was. Is it, it, yeah. Title five. It, it title, has to be. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it was. It was a funding thing, and, and they both kind of lost it right at the same time. And yeah. a lot of good ball players came out of there. But well, and I know I know a lot of um, Division One baseball programs don't post a profit for the athletics department and in, in some cases sure. lose money um, for the athletics department. And that's where you kind of have this struggle with college baseball because you look at the dynamic of you see a guy who's 18 years old, if they're really good, like they're going to get offered some money to go play pro ball mm -hmm. versus going and risking the potential of getting hurt. You're probably not going to make a lot of money on NIL, if any, um, in, in college baseball. And so it's hard. And then the athletics department is losing money or at least breaking even with some of their baseball programs. So it's just it's hard to justify college baseball for a lot of athletic programs. And it's hard to see that dynamic because of how early people can go into minor leagues um, in, in professional baseball. And there's not a ton of two sport players at a certain point. You know, it, it's amazing how much money goes into youth sports and how, you know, maybe by the time you're a sophomore in high school, your future is kind of already dictated yeah. for you. But there are plenty of two sport players that now they're not going to look at CSU maybe or, or, or CU and do both of those things. They're really only going to focus on one. We're going to talk about some, some basketball players playing baseball too. Absolutely. Uh, nice little tease that we kind of backed ourselves into, but the hall of fame ballot, you know, came out last week. Uh, we had some guys on the first ballot, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, Chase Utley, David Wright, Matt Holliday talked about that a little bit last week with our good buddy, Kenneth Weber. Um, but nearing the end, I mean, tell me what you think. Are these guys Hall of Famers? Tenth year, Gary Sheffield, he got 55% last year. Does he seem like a Hall of Famer in your opinion? I think so. I Same. think so. I, I mean, I think at this point, you know, I mean, and he's he he's a household name. He's someone that a lot of people know, even if they're not as involved in the sport. I I, I don't I won't necessarily go as far to say that Marissa knows Gary Sheffield, but you know, <laughs> most most casual baseball sure. fans uh, can can understand Gary Sheffield's yes, exactly his his unique playing style mm -hmm. and some of his accolades as well. Um, and I like to go back to when you start getting guys who are getting towards that at the end of their hall of fame ballot um tenure like what do the stats say um and and what is what are the numbers that are keeping them in that and i think gary sheffield's st stats speak for themselves you you mentioned it as well um so i just think i i would go for gary sheffield at this point i think he's he's made it you know this far yeah, he's over the 500 home run threshold which yeah previously had been like uh, not necessarily a precursor but if you had 500 home runs you're in and then we had a whole era of steroids yes. uh, and PEDs. And so Gary Sheffield is a part of that. So he's he's still around. He'll get in eventually, but it just might not be through the BBWAA. Billy Wagner might be more egregious. He's in his ninth year, mm -hmm. so this year and next if he needs it. But he was at 68% last year, 422 total saves, sixth all time. Uh, Kenley Jensen right now is at 420. Craig Kimbrell's at 417. Yeah. Uh, but even still, you think of the, the great closers, uh, of the 2000s. I mean, Billy Wagner was there with Atlanta, even the Mets for a period of time. Yeah. So uh, Houston Astros, he's he's a Hall of Famer. He'll get in eventually. I think he'll, he'll, he won't need a veterans committee. Uh, he'll get in via the vote. He was, uh, he's an all-time great closer. I agree. And, and it's, and it's hard for a lot of closers because you, it's, you know, it's such a, longevity type of thing you have to True. see it over such a long period of time and you know closers you come in you get an inning to to work and and a lot of times that can you know work out both positively or negatively and and so um i think but i you know one of the things that stands out for me with billy wagner too is you know he was playing in a time where um you got some you know some of those guys like mariano rivera that were stepping up and yeah. um you know kind of entering their prime as well and so it was a big time to be a closer and he was right up there with him so um i agree with you yeah 100 he He'll be a Hall of Famer. And, and I don't think he'll take that long either. I think that's a good point is that 
if you think about the all-time greats, you go Mariano, Trevor Hoffman, and then, mm-hmm. oh, Billy Wagner was kind of that yeah. same era too. So he's third. So you go, he doesn't deserve to be in, but no, that he was, we're talking about like maybe the third best all time. And, yeah. and closer, it's such a weird spot because it's a role. It's not yeah. a position. You're yeah. just a reliever. You just happen to, we happen to have a stat for that. Eventually, maybe we get to a spot where we're talking about, you know, relievers with holds where it's the equivalent of a save where, yeah, I pitched the seventh inning and I, I held on to the lead for my team. It's like a save. It's, yeah. it's almost the exact same thing. Um, so it's a role. So it's definitely a different spot. It makes you think like, oh, maybe are there, do we need to talk about great role players like yeah. on, on benches and stuff? Not necessarily. I think as uh, voters in the BBWA get older and older and they kind of, you know, lose their uh, credentials and, and we have younger voters, I think they'll maybe identify closers as a more viable and uh, and more worthy of, of being Hall of Famers now. Well, and look at it this way too. Um, you mentioned Kenley Jansen. Like mm-hmm. what's the equivalent to like a Mariano Rivera or a Billy Wagner at in this current age of baseball because the game is changing so much because you know pitchers the position like you said the position itself is changing into more role focused um what's the equivalent of a billy wagner in today's day and age it's hard to find kenley jansen's up there um you know uh diaz had his name kind of in there for a little bit although he was young and then he got hurt but it's just so hard to see that consistent guy who's like been a closer his entire 12 years in the league and he's just been pretty solid that whole time like jansen's kind of the one that kind of steps up in my in my mind just off the cuff but um the position is changing for sure and it's hard i think it's going to be harder and harder to find that closer role being shown up into the Hall of Fame as the decades continue. Yeah, it's longevity, like, yeah. like you said at the start. And it's going to be more rare, at yeah, least. I think so, too. Uh, we're seeing Marcus uh, in the chat, Otani to the Cubs. Let's talk about that in a second, because they're definitely a, a, a dark horse, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think they may come out shining really nice. And no matter where you're at in the state of Colorado or in the country, if the sun's shining, you got you to gotta block those rays a little bit. Get some shady rays. Use promo code DNVR. You buy one, you get one free. Holidays are coming up. Treat yourself and get a gift for somebody else. Or check off two boxes and get a gift for two people for the price of one. You can actually go and, and check them out in person with your own eyes. Try them on at the Park Meadows Mall uh, down in uh, Cherry Creek. You buy uh, two pairs, you get 50% off those polarized lenses. It's great. They've been uh, rated five stars by over a quarter of a million people. Shady Rays, use that code DNVR to buy one, get one free, and get 10% off at Hero Bread, H-E-R-O dot C-O. You've seen it on Amazon.com. You know they've got great recipes, but look, we're talking about buns, tortillas, sliced bread. It's great no matter what health-conscious thing and what health-conscious kick you might be on right now, whether it's more high-fiber, whether it's ultra-low net carbs or 0% sugar, they've got all of those options for you. When you use that code DNVR at H-E-R-O dot C-O, you're going to save 10% off that purchase. Manny Ramirez, another one of those PED guys. Omar Vizquel, domestic violence. That's one of the reasons he's still hanging around there at 19.5%. His vote total continues to go down. Andrew Jones in his seventh year on the ballot got 58% last year. Any of those names jump out at you as like, you're almost shocked that they're not in yet. Manny Ramirez um, is is the the one that that jumps out to me, Um, especially given that this was an era. Now I'm not excusing the PED use, but like it's obviously an asterisk by anyone's name who's in that ballot with that sort of thing on their resume. But I I think with what Manny Ramirez did to the game of baseball as well, um, I think there's that, 
kind of intangible element that was just Manny Ramirez was so fun to watch growing up and he played with so much energy and emotion and and then on top of that he was a damn good baseball player and had good stats and you know played with a very good Boston Red Sox team and you know and I think he just was synonymous with uh, Major League Baseball, you know, in the height of his time. And I think that plays a, a big factor for me. So I'm surprised that he, it's taken him this long. But yeah, whenever you have that steroid use asterisk by your name, it's just going to it's just gonna add a few more years at and least. And he was actually suspended for it, whereas Gary Sheffield, it kind of came out in some court proceedings and what have you, yeah. in, in Balco, as it were. But uh, you, you got it right up to the edge. You got it right up to the edge there, Christian. Manny being Manny. Yeah. That was the phrase you were looking for. It's exactly. That was it. it, He had this intangible quality to really be himself. Manny being Manny. I wanted to set you up for that, (laughs) Pat. I I just wanted you to have your moment. Yeah. No, that was exactly what it was. And I love the point that you made too, that I think people forget, like there was a time and for better or worse, where it was every weekend, it was like Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah. And again, middle parts of the country, West coast, you go, I'm kind of sick of it. But a lot of the best players were there. Every Absolutely. year it was Yankees and Red Sox. And Manny Ramirez was in the middle of that, for better or worse. In the in the early 2000s, that was primetime yes. Yankees and primetime Red Sox. You had yeah. Pedroia, you had Manny Ramirez, you had, you know, A-Rod, I mean, A-Rod it just Yes, like it was, I mean, that was solid competition between those two teams. And as a, as a fan of the sport in general, like you got to love watching those kind of games. No, no, definitely. I, I love that we're able to see now these public ballots that have come out. Only three so far. One was uh, anonymous. Adrian mm. Beltre and Joe Maurer. Those are the only two names yeah. on that anonymous ballot. W- what are your thoughts on, A, not putting your name on a ballot uh, if you get your 10 years in the BBWAA and, and you get a vote? Uh, and what's your thoughts on just the the general process that now we're kind of aware each Each day, each week, these ballots become public and it's no longer maybe a big surprise. Or maybe are there certain benefits to kind of having the conversation, you know, continue throughout the offseason as we see these numbers rise and fall based on each ballot? I I like that it's a public, you know, it's a public conversation because I do think it builds conversation in the offseason. I want to make another comparison to the NBA because we saw this happen last year, specifically with the Denver Nuggets. And the only voter in the NBA to not have Nikola Jokic on his MVP ballot, yeah. um, I think it was Mark Jackson, who, or yeah, I think it was something like that. Mark Jackson didn't have Nikola Jokic on his ballot, and he got absolutely roasted to the point that he had to submit a public apology, and it, it was a whole thing. But, so I think that like the the reason for anonymity can sometimes be because you don't, if you're going to make maybe a controversial pick, or even if you're not doing a controversial pick, you just don't want your name to be included in that conversation. I can see where some people might not want that. Um, But I also see where as a fan, you know, I'm like, Hey, look, if you get a vote, I think you're, you are responsible for that vote for better or worse, Mm -hmm. you know, in this, in the situation for the NBA, like if you don't put Nikola Jokic on your ballot, like you need to have an explanation for that because people are going to ask you, people are going to, to expect you to, you know, follow up with and and emphasize why you made that decision. Great power comes Uh, great responsibility. A hundred percent. And so I think that's the situation we're in right now. You start to see some of those anonymous ballots coming and you're like, okay, how, what went into those decisions? That's that's at least how I look at it. But um, I'm glad there's conversation no matter what. Yeah, and no, I, I think it keeps the conversation ripe by knowing those. So there's not the big surprise that we get yeah. uh, at the end when they make the announcement the uh, the third week of January. But sure. 
it, it again, like you said, it, it keeps the conversation going. And I think there was one guy, there was only one person who didn't vote Jeter in. So he got 99.9%. Yeah. It was an anonymous ballot. Look, of course, I, I had a vote for the rookie of the year award and I was ready with my article and, and here you go. Yeah. You know, it was one, it was uh, one of only two people that had Nolan Jones second uh, for the National League Rookie of the Year Award. Okay. I actually saw something just the other day where I wasn't dragged that hard, but it was just like, hey, look at these people that are kind of homers voting for the hometown guy. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh, oh they said Nolan Jones. Are they going to say me? Yep. They said Patrick Lyons from DNVR Sports. I was like, All right, hey, hey, I, I wear fine. it as a badge, that's man. Fine. Like, you just have to be able to back it up. And that's the thing. Like, and I and know I did, so I didn't feel bad about exactly. it. And like Mark Jackson, he just came out and was like, I apologize. I hadn't done enough research, you know, and it's like, Ooh, that's what that's, it's about. That's yeah. tough. Like, that's where you start having those issues. So yeah, if you can back it up, then yeah, I make whatever pick you feel. That's why you have the vote. But yeah, it's it's when you start running out of excuses, that's when you get into trouble. And history, and I don't mean history like, hey, we'll see what happens in these players' careers when it comes to the rookies uh, this past year, because it really is just about this season. But as metrics change and as people kind of go back and reflect on things, you never know. They they might look back and say, uh, you know what, maybe the, some of those other people didn't do enough homework. And you know what, Nolan Jones probably should have gotten a little bit higher yeah. uh, in in, uh, in the rankings there, as it were. So it's all right. It's You, you got you to gotta deal with that kind of smoke exactly. if you've got the privilege. A couple of minor league baseball transactions of note, former Rockies guys, Ben Bowden signed with Atlanta. They clearly are liking the, the Rockies relievers right now. That's mm -hmm. one of the go-to destinations. Ryan Vallade, after spending all of... 2023 with Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, playing a lot more third base uh, and, and center field, believe it or not, uh, with Indianapolis. Uh, he signs a minor league deal with the Detroit Tigers. And I don't know if you saw this, uh, but uh, Extra Stat Muse, which just started popping up some of their content on Twitter, and they came up with really good graphic. It was every of the, of the big four sports, the winning percentage of those teams since 2019. So you had whatever that about 120 yeah. different teams i think i think the total ended up being like 118 and so of course uh there's no baseball teams in the in the top 15 of top 15 winning percentages because okay. again baseball is very compressed no baseball teams in the bottom 11 but you do have the rockies fourth worst amongst mlb 95 95th 95th best record oh, which at that God. point we should probably just end up saying like you know 19th worst record yes, rather yeah. than 95th best record uh, since 2019. It's a positive spin on it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a less negative spin yeah. on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not too surprised by that, to be completely honest. And it's a big sample size, too, because, you know, That's I mean, true. baseball plays a lot of games and it's hard to keep a winning percentage over, you know, a, a longer period of time, especially in a sport like baseball. But yeah, I'm not too surprised. No, I, I'm surprised. If I go to some kind of house party or barbecue and they don't have Breck Brew, Broncos Country mm, yeah, in particular, surprise. that's a surprise because everyone here is drinking it. We've got it all the tailgates. Yeah. Um, you can get it just about anywhere. If you're not sure if you can get it in your neighborhood, go to breckbrew.com, to the Breck Brew locator. Look, it's uh, it's a Colorado company that's supporting us, uh, so we ask you to, to help support them. They make their stuff with 100% renewable energy with local ingredients from right here in Colorado. We're talking Breck Brew and we're talking Broncos country. We're also talking about some of the free agent activity. No, uh, no big moves today, but you know, yesterday you had Sonny Gray signing a three-year $75 million deal. He, he, uh, the news came out and then they immediately had a press conference. Mm. Like I've never seen a turnaround yeah. quite like that. It and was prepared. It was prepared. Boom, locked and loaded, had his Jersey already. I was like, wow, that's very quiet on the hush hush. It's how Otani 
wants his uh, business handled. But I found it interesting that, um, not that Sonny Gray is making $75 million over the next three years, because I think he deserves it, but that's more than he's made in his entire 11-year yeah. career up to this point. That's, that's what wild. Happens. That's what happens when you play for the Oakland A's for a while. I mean, you get, you get uh, well, and or Reds. at least the Vegas. Uh, and Twins. Yes, yeah. But, you know, I think, I think it's, he's kind of played for some of those teams that just haven't yeah. put a lot of value into their pitching staffs. Um, and, 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 and I give credit to him because he's lasted this long in the league. I think it's so hard and you see so many guys that make, you know, spend 10 years in the league and they maybe looking back, you know, could have earned a, a significant contract, but just didn't because of the way it worked out and then ended up getting hurt or just not making it to the distance that they wanted to. So yeah, good for Sonny Gray, $75 million, three years at the age of 35 as a pitcher. That's I mean, three years isn't that long, but uh, a lot can change in a year when you're 35 years old. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, you know, like most recently, I've just been, you know, paying attention a lot to like the San Francisco Giants. And you had guys that were doing really solid kind of towards the end of their careers. Buster Posey, Brandon Bell, Crawford, like all that. And it's just like that drop off comes quick. So hopefully he can make it through that three year, uh, that three year window and get his $75 million worth. Yeah, I think the Cardinals fans are probably happy because, you know, they, they had signed Lance Lynn already this uh this offseason as well as Kyle Gibson. So yep. three starters, they get that out of the way. They're they're being aggressive. Uh, the Detroit Tigers have been aggressive. They acquired Mark Canna. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Right when the right when the postseason ended, they acquired him uh in a trade for the Brewers. Uh they also just added Kenta Maeda on relatively bargain deal. Two years, twenty-five million dollars. A player that seemed like he might have been a decent fit for the Rockies. Again, they would have had to pay him probably a lot more than this. Essentially he's making twelve and a half million. The math, uh, for anyone that may not know when, when it comes to to pitchers and 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 doing it for the Rockies and, and pitching at Coors Field, add another year onto that. So now we're talking three years and add a couple million dollars annually. So it's probably closer to three years, forty-five million dollars yeah. to come to Coors Field. And he had a good you know, career ERA, of course, 3.84. Not too many active pitchers right now have a better ERA at Coors Field than Kenta Maeda. Notable guys, Lance Lynn was a free agent, just signed with the Cardinals. 2.36 ERA, Taiwan Walker with the Phils. 2.43, Marcus Stroman, 3.12. He's still a free agent yeah. right now. And Johnny Cueto, also a free agent, 3.29 ERA in his career, over 52 innings at Coors Field. These are some guys the, the Rockies maybe should be kicking the tires on. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about Johnny Cueto. I, I don't know how I feel too much about him. I think he's kind of in that boat of like, you know, getting towards the end of his career. How quickly is that drop off going to be? Sounds yeah, exactly. For the Rockies. So let's sign him for $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Cueto is kind of iffy for me. Stroman, I think Stroman still still has a few more years. And Taiwan yeah. Walker is still in that same boat for me as well. Um, you know, I got to see Taiwan Walker pitching in Seattle and he's got some, some pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. Um, he just needs to stay healthy and stay consistent. Uh, but I think I, I agree with you. Minus Cueto, I think either of those picks, um, are guys that could potentially better yeah. this roster for for the Rockies. So I would be pursuing at least the options of that if I was the Colorado Rockies. And, um, you know, if nothing else, just being aggressive this offseason because you've got to make changes coming into the near, which I know we've we've talked about plenty. Got to. Yeah. Next offseason, there's actually a ton of starting pitching available as well. So maybe you kind of postpone that and you try to uh, add guys through, through trades like they've already done with Cal Quantrill. Notable active pitchers who've been bad at cores – Alex Wood, 880 ERA, mm. another Giants guy. Uh, Chase Anderson, he had a 767 ERA as a visitor before this season. Signs uh, that deal with the Rockies after being dumped by the Reds. And actually had a respectable 447 ERA at Coors uh, this past year. Zach Davies, 
He's a free agent, 635 ERA. Rich Hill, he's almost 50. Might as well sign him. Jamie yep. Moore style, 612 ERA. Maybe a little too high that you'd like. And then two trade candidates that uh, I imagine their teams, Mets and Nats, wouldn't mind getting off the books. Joey Lucchese, he's pretty affordable, but has a 596 ERA, most of that coming uh, during his time with the Padres. And Patrick Corbin, 5.64 ERA. That would be one where the Rockies would probably be doing the Nats a favor and eating that contract. Yeah, I agree. That's a that's a name. You're getting a name there um, <laughs> with a 5.64 ERA. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 there was no one that stood out to me on that list as someone that, like, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for hand over fist, but... Hey, who knows? You know, guys can guys can turn things around. Yeah. Um, you know, at certain points, there's there's that intangible that we've talked about that can sometimes happen. I just think it's uh it's again, you know, you have to be aggressive no matter what. And so if you see someone that you that you like that maybe doesn't have the stats but fits into the game plan of what you want to move forward, you look at the A's when they were successful, um, you know, the Billy Bean era with the A's, and like, you know, they they weren't finding guys that were flashy, they were finding guys that fit into their game plan and what they mm -hmm. wanted to accomplish. And the Rockies, although they don't need to go that far, can find someone in their frame of work um, that that works, you know, as a fit for them. Yeah, they shouldn't rule any of these guys out, despite the the lack yeah, of success of that they've had. Uh, Zach Davies might be one of those guys. And again, look at what Chase Anderson was like before, and then what he was like when he was with the team. Uh, we won't talk about what his his road ERA was like with the Rockies this year, but still, you can't can't rule a guy out because mm -hmm. of that. Dodgers did resign Jason Hayward yesterday, one year, nine million dollars, and the real question we got to figure out today is is all about Shohei Otani. Where does he end up? And does he sign this week? You know, his camp did say that they want to get a deal done before the winter meetings. Mm -hmm. They also didn't want that much of a circus. Uh, basically, if, if he was going to meet with your team, don't talk about it. That will look negatively upon your organization. Yeah. So keep these things very hush-hush. Do you think we're, we're going to get that big drop where out of nowhere... Like uh, kind of like how Marcus said in the chat, boom, Otani to the Cubs or Blue Jays. They're also in the mix too, Jason. Thank yeah. you for uh, for supporting and uh, and chatting it up here on the DMVR Sports Channel on YouTube. Like, is it going to just drop just like that? And will it be in the next week? Are we going to get one of those uh, 4 a.m. Everyone's still asleep, you know, and <laughs> we'll wake up and Otani is now signed with a team. Yeah, I, I can't necessarily say that's going to happen, but I do think it's going to be a huge. It is going to be the news of the offseason, without a doubt. Um, I think he's going to command half a billion dollars. Um, yeah. and, you know, Six? without you go 600. I think like 550. Okay. I'm thinking around in the 500, in the 500 range, mid 500 range. I don't know if I'd go as far as 600, but um, I think baseball can be too fickle of a sport at times because there's so many things that kind of, uh, so many X factors involved as, as both base, as both a hitter and a pitcher. But um, I, <laughs> I do think it's one of those things you, you might, you might get, you know, a, a, a slight emergency pod kind of situation going on when Otani, Otani, even though it has nothing to do with the Rockies at the moment, uh, you know, it might be something like that. So. At the moment, I feel, and you don't even know, but yet you're teasing an article coming out later today about uh, the fact that no matter where Otani signs, there could be a runoff effect for the Colorado Rockies. So San Francisco Giants would be a very bad example to bring this up because they need a lot yes. of starting pitching. But a team like the Chicago Cubs, which we had mentioned, the Blue Jays, mm -hmm. they they already have a strong rotation as is right now. So if a team signs Shohei Otani like the Cubs or Blue Jays or Texas Rangers, I floated that out there, um, does that mean someone in their rotation becomes expendable? And they, Or someone's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or multiple players, right? Does that mean that maybe a guy like John Gray 
is coming back to Colorado to clear out some space in the Rangers rotation. Again, this is this is apropos of nothing, but it is one of those domino effects that you say, depending on where Otani goes, obviously that's going to impact whoever's the runner-up. Now immediately they're going, all right, we probably got to get Yamamoto and Cody Bellinger mm. for the same price of Otani. But even beyond that, the fact that there are several teams that are out there that if they sign Otani going forward after this season where he might only be available you know, uh, as a reliever, but in 2025 and beyond when he goes back to starting, they might have some extra space, uh, uh, or rather, they might not have enough space in their rotation. Yeah. And that becomes a trade chip, and the Rockies could come knocking and say, hey, you got Otani, you don't have enough room for all these other guys, let's see if we can work something out. If you're going to sign a guy for between 500 and $600 million, uh, largest contract at least in any sport outside of soccer uh, in the world, and and so if you're going to do something like that, you, there is going to be a trickle down effect mm-hmm. because yeah, you're not going to have the payroll to to float all of these other guys. And so you know you look at teams like the Yankees or the Dodgers or even the Mets, um, Padres, guys, you know teams mm-hmm. that have massive payrolls already. Um, you know, I'll use the Dodgers for an example specifically because I think Otani could be a good fit for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, if but they would have to move other pieces around because they have guys like you know, Kershaw and, and Betts and, you know, I mean, all these, uh, Bellinger, all of these guys that, that are holding on to pretty large contracts, um, getting a large chunk of money each year, you, you're going to have to start trading those pieces around. And this is where with baseball, I get a little hesitant with just that one player, because if you want to risk your entire success on one guy, albeit the greatest baseball player I, and this generation has ever seen so far, you are putting a lot of pressure in that one person in a t- in a sport that takes 15 to 20 players to complete an entire game including pitchers you know so that's that's where it gets a little hesitant for me is it's like okay yes otani is going to improve whatever team he plays on as long as he stays healthy and can continue to play well but at what expense you know and if if you can put some other pieces together that are you know that 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 can step up to the plate and play better than what their their value, then I think that's going to be the team that probably has the best shot. Yeah, there's a lot of financial intangibles, I think, that help out. And you say, yeah. you know, even if he isn't on the field all the time or even if he becomes somewhat of a shell of himself, which shouldn't happen, he's he's still basically in his prime Absolutely. baseball yeah. age right now, then you go, oh, it's, it's still going to be fine. You're going to break even, at least, uh, tapping into the Japanese market. Eric in the chat saying, what's taking Otani so long to sign? Again, we haven't had too many players sign as as free agents at this point. Aaron Nola, the biggest one, the only one over $100 million. Yeah. We did just have Sonny Gray, who really seemed like he wanted to stay uh, in the Central. You know, he's from uh, you know Smyrna, Tennessee, just right outside of Nashville, went to the University of Vanderbilt. So, you know, once, once you get in the middle part of the country, it's hard to know. It, at least for me, I'm like, wait, how close are these places together, St. Louis? Fairly close yeah. in the grand scheme of things. It's in the, that heart of heartland of America uh, in general. So he knew where he wanted to go, but... It's going to take time for Otani to to go to these different places and for the suitors to kind of shake things out and and due diligence and that that does take some time. Yeah. And really all of baseball is waiting for him to to go because again, he's going to impact Cody Bellinger's market, mm-hmm. Yoshinobu Yamamoto's market coming over from Japan. So, um it it is going to take time. I was surprised when I heard that he wants to get it done before the winter meetings. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but I I like him trying to do that at least. Yeah, well, and I think you you hit the nail on the head like 
the reason it's taking so long is because this is a this is one of the biggest moves that we'll see in all of sports this year. One of the biggest moves we'll see in any sport this year because of how much money is involved. You're looking at, at over a half a billion dollars that Otani could be um, garnering. And then also you look at the pieces that are going to have to move. You're going to have teams that are fighting not only to get the finances to to pay Shohei mm-hmm. Otani, but also to build a team around him. And so... You're looking at a team that, like, let's say, let's just use, for example, the San Francisco Giants, who didn't have a very successful year last year, but they, they theoretically, on paper, have the money. If they could, they, they, they could do. pay Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. You know, you now are saying, okay, if, if Farhan Zahidi says, you know, I, I want to go ahead and we have the winning bid for Shohei Otani, the next step is, like, how do we put the pieces around him? Who do we have to get rid of? Who do we need to bring in? So there's just so many different factors involved and variables involved in acquiring a player like Otani and and Otani camp is looking at that from every single mm-hmm. angle from every team I mean he's got probably 20 you know manage managerial uh you know agents that are helping him make this deal because on the other side of that you know if you're Otani's agent you're going to be looking at the biggest you know the, the biggest deal you'll ever make in your entire career, most likely. Easy, so yeah. this is a huge, huge thing, a huge transaction that's happening this offseason. I think it spans beyond just baseball uh, into the world of just sports in general. This is a historic uh, contract that's going to be signed. I, I almost wonder if, and, and again, MLB can want certain things, but they just can't make it happen. Like, hey, they might want Phillies Astros or Phillies Rangers sure. versus... Diamondbacks Rangers, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. there's nothing that they can do to facilitate that to happen. I'm sure MLB and, and Rob Manfred like wants this to drag on as long as possible because again, that's that's good story. Once Otani lands somewhere, now those other 10 plus markets are going, oh, we we lost out on that. All right, we're gonna pivot yeah. to go somewhere else and get excited about that guy, but it's not Otani. And and you you want to milk that for as much yeah, as you absolutely can. they're getting they're getting you know us talking about it I mean that's exactly what they're looking for I mean you see the chat is basically all like what's going on with Otani and so the other thing too that you want to think about is Otani because he has so much power I mean he has the power in all of these negotiations for the most part uh, there are other things involved in these decisions that don't get a lot of highlights don't get a lot of headlines but things like location like you know I, I mean Otani's obviously not from the United States so you know are is he going to be including that into a decision of like do I want to choose a team like the Dodgers because it's more accessible for me to get back to visit my family and friends and you know uh, co-workers in uh, in Japan you know and there's like, a large Japanese population exactly. there as well on the west coast one of the things that you know his team has said his agency is like you know what we we want him to play with another Japanese player so that exactly. could rule yeah. out a ton of teams and you go well the Yankees don't have any Japanese players mm-hmm. uh Dodgers don't actually have any right now too it's one of the reasons why Cubs and Blue Jays could be the dark horses. Say Suzuki is a buddy of Shohei Otani. You say Kikuchi, former Mariners, now with the Blue Jays, is is there. Uh, Boston is one of those teams where they need a lot, lot more help, uh, and that's something that his agency yeah. is looking at. Of like, all right, this this team over here, someone like the Cubs, someone like the Blue Jays, they've got more of the final pieces in place to immediately become a contender. Whereas the Giants, they've got more work to do. Do you trust that they'll be able to get that done? Yeah, and 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 I think you might. Um, I think that was one of the the not to uh, bring up some uh, some old stuff as as it were with with Nolan Arenado, but he was told, "Look, we're going to be a contender. We're going to be going out there." And and the Rockies front office did not back that up. 
That was one of the reasons why he wanted out is because, hey, you didn't live up to your end of the bargain. These teams that are making these these promises to Otani, I think they will definitely a lot more so than the Rockies did with Arenado live up to that that end of the bargain. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, and and are there going to be teams that are making moves now in order to show that they're committed to this negotiation with Otani? And that's Yamamoto. If you can get mm-hmm. Yamamoto or Shoto Iminaga, um, the Matsui is out there. There's there's another guy too uh, that got released. That was a former teammate uh, of Otani's uh, with the Nippon Ham Fighters, yeah. uh, Usawa. So um, if you can kind of get those those pieces in place, it's obviously gonna gonna help you. It's not gonna hurt your chances. But I tell you what, if you have been hurt at work, you got to make sure you call the folks down at Backus and Chanker two 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 all two Lewitskis motorcycle accident rideshare car. Maybe it was just a scooter accident. Here's the thing. You don't necessarily know how good of a case you've got until you actually give them a call. It's free. Reach out. 222-2222. Look, they're going to consult with you for free. They might even work on your case for free if they take it. In fact, they will work on it for free if they take your case. They're going to see it all the way to the end. And when they've done that, they've won their clients over $1 billion over the last 25 years. They've got neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins. Check them out. Backus and Shanker, 222-2222. Um, you brought this up to me, so I want to talk about that before we get into the logos, and I don't want us to run out of time, but it was a fun little thing, uh, you know, the blind rankings. Here, we're going to give you an athlete, and Mookie Betts had to, had to rank how good they were going to be baseball players, and he definitely messed up because the last name on the list was Pete Weber, who's a bowler. Yeah. Like him. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey should have been one because I think he played baseball, at least in high school. I think he has some kind of a baseball pedigree. If nothing else, Travis Kelsey would bring some some fandom to uh, Major League Baseball, that's for sure. But yeah, I, <laughs> I uh, the one that was interesting to me, yeah. he had uh, uh, Victor Wimbanyama, the, the seven foot four player for the the San Antonio Spurs yes. had him at listed at number five, which I, I kind of agree with. Like yeah. you're seven foot four. I I can't see a seven I can't see <laughs> anyone even close to seven feet playing major league baseball, let alone a dude who's seven foot four. There are times where I watch Wembenyama play in the NBA and I'm still like, I don't know how he makes that work. Like it's it's pretty incredible. But it got me thinking like what Who's the tallest player to have ever played in Major League Baseball? Because it's not a sport that, you know, yeah, you got first base where you can you can get away with being pretty tall and you you it's highlighted to be pretty to be tall and play first base, but you know, usually you'd kind of top out around six foot eight. Like what's what what's the tallest player ever playing in the MLB? Do you know? Uh, there's one right now, six foot 11. Okay. Sean Jelly, a reliever for the uh, San Francisco Giants. I mean, and he is, he is, he is the tallest player to ever play. Yeah. There are a couple guys that have been, uh, six foot 11. Okay. Uh, He's one of them. John Rash is one of them. Uh, for the Rockies, six, eight is the tallest. Uh, there's about five or six guys who are six, eight, one of them being Jason Hirsch, who we've had here in studio. Uh, on the DNVR Rockies uh, podcast, uh, member of the 2007 uh, Rockies Rocktober team that went to the World Series. The the tallest professional, if you go look in the professional ranks, Loic Van Mill uh, from the Netherlands, played in, in the minors for like 13 seasons, had a really good ERA in AA, just a little over three. AAA, ERA over eight. Oh, Never made it to yeah. the majors, seven foot one. Nice. But he eclipsed the seven feet. Yeah. I, I feel like... If you're gonna be at that, if you're gonna be that tall, six eleven, seven feet range, you have to be a pitcher because you just have to have that rubber band arm. First base, Has like you know, pitcher, I just yeah. don't think you can. I just don't think seven foot guys are hitting. You know, uh, they're gonna hit very consistently. You know, the strike zone is massive on a seven foot tall dude. But yeah, yeah, I don't. Aaron know. Judge is, is kind of proven. Like, look, you can be that big. 
seeing him in the 2021 All-Star game walking around, it looked painful. Like his body, Judge. just watching him walk, like, yeah. I don't, he wasn't in pain, but it just looked like a painful body to be in because everything was just like oversized. Randy Johnson, one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six foot 10, best like tall guy, like that's had yep. that much success. Uh, current Rangers general manager, Chris Young, uh, also six foot 10, you know, pretty decent career as a pitcher. Uh, had a two year deal uh, floated out there to him from the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, uh, he played played ball at, at Princeton. was was really good. Uh, tallest current Rocky, Gavin Howell, six foot seven. And uh, yeah, there, there's all you need to know and more about tall guys. Yeah, I. It's not, it's not a sport that you you see a lot of seven foot guys in. And if you are, yeah, you, you're probably a pitcher. So six foot seven O'Neill Cruz playing shortstop. Well, that one's. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I want to see weird. a I want to see a six five plus <clears throat> catcher. That's that's what I'm. Rockies had one last year in AAA. Grayson Griner. Okay, uh, he, he did make it to the major, six foot six. But so okay. he's actually the that's the tallest catcher. That's the one you talk about watching Aaron Judge walk and saying like, "Oh, that hurts." Like you, <laughs> if you're six foot, you know, five and above, and you're a catcher, you're gonna have uh, some some tough knees as Is you it, get older. When Grayson Griner squats down to catch, he's the same height as Tony Walters standing up. Tony, love you. Sorry. Um, Put him in the right. net for the abs, and right, you know, be perfect. All right, let, before we get out of here, let's look at some of these new logos here. Arizona Diamondbacks, because it's been. Literally three years, 2020, they had new uniforms. Like, we need new ones again. Uh, four new uniforms. They said it's kind of like a, you know, they're 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 throwing it back just a little bit uh with the with the teal colors. Uh, but they went and got uh four new uniforms uh for uh for the the, the 2024 season. And they've got something really neat: a ballpark season pass that it's only for the holidays, 83 home games. Two, two exhibition games, $299. You can go to every single game this year. For the Diamondbacks. For the regular season. For $299. If you went to every single one, $3.60. Wow. Can you believe that? That's that's incredible, actually. That's that's like a minor league type of deal. You know, you go call a minor league ballpark and you like get like a season tickets for 70 bucks, you know, or short season <laughs> tickets for $70. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad deal, especially for a World Series team. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, they're doing everything right. They just acquired Eugenio Suarez, uh, nice little third baseman to, to replace Evan Longoria. He's uh, he's around on a eleven point three million dollar deal this year, fifteen million dollar option for next year. Uh, the Yamiuri Giants uh, over in Tokyo, they got some uh, some new uniforms as well uh, that are that are pretty cool looking. I like. Uh, and here you go. You get a good little look at this. Uh, sportslogos.net. It's pretty neat. Um, the new ones on the right, the, it says Tokyo. It's gray and navy. I, I kind of don't like that at all. I like their their ones from this past year. Gray with white pinstripes and a little orange yeah, piping. That's I, the, nice. The Come pinstripes on. are always always a plus. The Tokyo one looks like the Yankees without pinstripes. Yeah. I don't I, The TG, it's weird because, again, they're the Yamiuri Giants. That's the other thing. Yeah. I, 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 you'll, you might like this, or you'll just say it's typical Patrick. I like... Uh, I, I stifled an argument with someone who was trying to tell me that, oh, I, I over, you know, last year over the winter break, I, I went to a Tokyo Giants game. It wasn't winter break. It was it was summer break when I was a teacher. And I was like, oh, Yamiuri Giants. And no, no, I, I was there. They're called the Tokyo Giants. And I'm like, but they're not. They're, they're the Yamiuri Giants is what they're called. <laughs> now, again, granted, the uniform does say Tokyo yes. on it, but they're named after corporations. They're not named after cities. That's what they are. So the team that Shohei Otani played for, they're not the ham fighters. They're the fighters. The company is Nippon Ham. That's how they come up with the names over in Asia. See, I didn't know that. That's I, I just learned that. Because I would have said the same thing. Yeah, it's Tokyo. I mean, Tokyo's on the jersey. 
And there's another one, Tokyo Yakult Swallows. They're not the Yakult Swallows of Tokyo. The company is Tokyo Yakult. It's it's yogurt. Oh, interesting. And Tokyo Yakult is the parent corporation. Interesting. is a newspaper company. So you see, I mean, you see in the United States, you know, like, uh, or in America, like, you know, we have stadiums that are yeah. named after corporations, T-Mobile, Coors, you know, all of those types of things. But... But yeah, not the team name. That's that's interesting. I don't I don't I don't know if I would like that. That'd be a little <laughs> weird, you know. You, you'd have the the Coors Rockies, you know. Like I, I don't know. Actually, that one that one would probably work. That one works. But yes. other ones might not be the the T-Mobile Mariners. You know, d- don't sound nearly as good. No, but but if, if you're if you're from somewhere else and you don't speak English, like you're not going to notice that it's not a city. You're yeah. like, ah, I, I guess it's just a it's thing. True. Or- I, I didn't know that. I would have said the same thing. I would have I would have ex- I, I would have agreed a hundred percent with the guy you were arguing with. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. It's uh, I, I like that. And there, there's uh, Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. SoftBank Hawks. They're, SoftBank is because it's a it's a it's yeah. a bank. Interesting. Oh, you got these jerseys. Oh, there you go. What do you think? I some I like, some I don't. Tiff, what, which ones do you, of these do you like, or do you think jump out? And I like this one. yes, I like the black one too yeah. with the piping. I do also like the that red one. Yeah. Those well, two are good. Very. I agree. I kind of I don't like, like the piping around the you know the buttons and everything. Yeah, I like the the teal piping around the logo here. Uh huh. The first two on the left are definitely my two favorites. And also the, I, I, I'm actually, I'm not gonna lie, those hats are the the D. Yes, I like that. Like the snake, that's that's pretty cool. That is sharp. Yeah. So they they've done a good job with the with their like the alternative ones, um, but yeah, they, they're going back to the that like original D. And so yeah, those those colors pop really nice. Uh, speaking of the Pioneer League, a uh, couple pieces of news that that just broke this morning. Jeff Passan, uh, you know, had a little story. I think that's available for free on ESPN. You know, a plug for this little guy, little yeah. guy out there. You know, what yeah, I mean? he's so he needs some work. But. Go check, go check out. I think at Espen is that how you pronounce it? Like when people uh, say DNVR, sometimes like they that. say, yeah. "Oh, Patrick Lyons from Denver." I'm like, I'm from there, but that's not actually it's, the company. It's, it's ESPN all lowercase. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, Espen. I think Got I think it. that's what that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with uh, Oakland A's moving out to Las Vegas, uh, a group of fans have gotten together. They raised two million dollars and they said, "Hey, we're gonna have a team next summer in the Pioneer League called the Oakland Ballers, yeah. aka the Oakland." Bees, I like that. So so good on that is good. The yeah. fan group from from the East Bay, uh, but uh, another Pioneer League team in Missoula. They uh, they rebranded. They were originally the Osprey. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool bird. Uh, I think they actually have some Osprey nests out there in their ballpark. But they rebranded to the Paddleheads, which is a nickname for a moose. I yeah. guess apparently. Uh, and they're like, you know what? Let's try to sell some more merch in the winter time. Let's be the Powderheads. So they teamed up with Brandios and they came up with a cool little logo uh-huh. where. Uh, the moose is skiing and snowboarding, uh, and of course the ski poles are our baseball bat, which is neat. Uh, the Rome Emperors, originally the Rome Braves, they're now the Rome Emperors. Saw that, yep. Emperor Penguins, they look uh, really neat. The uniforms that was blowing up on social media the other day. That, that was good. one was really good. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, I think Studio Simon might have done that one. Yeah, that one was, uh, yeah, was there a you real go. good job. Tons of really good detail. In fact, you can even see in the gold uh, kind of design there, it, it's a letter G. Therefore, yeah. um, I don't know what the G is for. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Wait, why is there it's a, a G? Oh, a Georgia. G. Georgia. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what? Um, you were you were so confident in that too. You were like, there's a G in there. Let me point out this detail that I don't know what it means. <laughs> but yeah, it looks dope like a, a penguin with with the red little toga there. Like, I, I think they did a very good job with the swing and pe- uh, penguin on that. Love it. And then finally, last little, little, little bit of tidbit uh, before we get out of here for super producer Tiff. 
The Savannah Bananas, they got another new alternative identity. They basically came up with their own Washington Generals yep. called the Party Animals. And now they're going to do the Firefighters. So they're going to have like three teams yeah. that have like their own little unique identity to have some fun. This is a good baseball themed you know, firefighter logo. It's pretty cool. It is cool. I, I think that's really cool. The Savannah Bananas, they just keep rocking, man. They are they're fun. I, I, I've been wanting to go out and watch some of their, their you know, performances in person because that's what they are. They're just so much fun. I mean, it is. It's it's a performance. And I, you know, I mean, I remember when I first saw them come onto the scene kind of laughing and being like, you know, what the heck is this? And <laughs> I've changed my tone completely. So good on them. That, that's a cool logo. Are you getting some merch now, Tiff? Is that what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. So I was wondering, do we think that they're going to go like full like firefighter-esque and they're going to like be like shirtless and suspender? Like, do you think it's like that sort of like firefighter? I mean, they're already lighting their bats on fire while hitting. So that could be- Or some sort of like axe. So they, they, yeah, they have the bat that's on fire. Oh yeah. And so like they have a a, a logo that it's an F. So it's an axe Mm -hmm. with like a baseball swooping through as the bottom part of the F. So like, that's a good one. I like that suspenders. Although that could get rough if you're head first slide. Yeah, true. But that would also be you better be leading with the cleats. That's gonna make for some good content as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're yeah they they've come up with everything. They've crafted it. We don't know what it's gonna be. I guess they'll unveil it during the 2024 season. But. Hey, it's, it's, it's got everybody excited. It's just Savannah Bananas. Hey, it is. Yeah. What, what's there not to be excited about with them? The firefighters. The firefighters. Tiff's new favorite Savannah Bananas iteration. It, it's it. amazing. Christian, go ahead and plug away because you're doing some some amazing stuff despite the fact that we don't have a ton of D1 baseball teams for you to call. Unfortunately, yet. yes. They might bring them here just for you because they're like, hey, that we got to get this voice calling balls fun. and strikes. Yeah, I would love I would love that. I know. You're calling I, games uh, elsewhere, ba- though. Baseball, yeah, baseball's my sport, but uh, I've only, it's funny, I've actually only ever called three baseball games in my entire Wow. seven-year broadcasting career and that's the sport i probably know like the back of my hand but um yeah doing a lot of uh college basketball right now women's basketball for northern colorado did an air force game uh, about two weeks ago and i'm um, just kind of jumping around hoping to jump on some high school basketball once that season gets going as well here in denver but uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun i i you know it's busy it's very busy right now but busy is good because it's a good problem. Uh, summer slow down for sure so it's a good i'll take problem. it yeah uh, you can follow me on twitter at cjj Saez, and that's kind of where i i do most of my uh my conversations and uh anything college basketball right now is kind of my jam but uh, hopefully with this otani news coming out in the next few weeks we hope fingers crossed um you know i'll join some of the conversation on that as well hey man this is the guy keep keep your eye on him he's on the come up he's on the come up uh, at dnvr underscore rockies is where we live on twitter at patrick d Lyons is myself uh, i i did five tiktoks today guys five five wow nick really had you rolling news that, that just just me just you it's just oh, me you, doing oh, it. not even prompted even i don't better. even know how to like tag it. it's like at pdl gimmicks it's just baseball news i'm just just trying something out there check that out if uh, if you want to do that uh but of course make sure you're watching us uh, on the dnvr sports channel because that's where our momentum is going to continue and it's going to happen tomorrow With Susie, appreciate you. DNVR Sports Channel right here live on YouTube.